And we're live. Open with that. Here we open with, we're live. Thanks, Gonzo. Thanks for that. You're the warning. I did give you a warning. We're live. That's more like an announcement than a warning, but I'm, I'm into it. So, I'm excited to tell some stories this session. It's going to be real good. Yeah, um... If anybody's watching and stuff, uh, of course we're live. Uh, our episode 10, guys, that I posted up, which is our last one, I think is what it was, uh, we got 100 listens to in one day off of that episode. Wow. And I to gave me? such a bad recap of our session. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just checking on the SoundCloud, because uh, I was checking to see, because, you know, uh, the podcast has opened up and we've started giving out things you know sort of like you know all right y'all get this a week early but you know so on and so forth so i'm checking to see if people like some of this stuff and i was like 100 plays for episode 10 in one day um, i like, think that usually means like episode 9 was especially good right it's a box office sequel <laughs> well i just thought it was interesting i was like i mean we, we get some we get some good viewers people like the like our rpg stuff uh, all of our viewers are like we want more rpg stuff more rpg stuff um, which, uh, Jackie, you and I and John need to get together so we can, um, we're going to review Genesis and John and I have read the book, but we want to get your viewpoint on the Genesis system, which is pretty much the Star Wars system. Um, just if, uh, you know, when we, we, we want to get you as a, as a, and it's going to be an off camera, you know, and be not the podcast, just uh, us three hanging out, talking about it and getting all different points of views. Cause I actually want to play this game. I want to play all the cool things that are in it. I kind of feel like I am playing this game. Well, I want to play this one coming up. Uh, because they've got a race of cat people that... Uh, and a race of elves, and I kind of want to play a... Spellslinger? Mm, fair. So, That's, uh, I, I like that as well. Yeah, sounds right. A, a, a rogue spellcaster, which I'm kind of like. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I assume elf is good for that, but I have to uh, read. Yeah, but we want to get we're gonna get you in there to talk about some cool stuff and everything. So other than that, um, authority on the subject, being an RPG aficionado. See, she's an honorary member of the podcast. Yeah, I got a promotion. I'm promoted to volunteer. <laughs> you can do more work and be paid the same amount. So other than that, um, let's see. Um, this role-playing session, guys, did I give you XP for last session yet? Yes, oh. you did. Yeah, and I think okay. you said, uh, what was it, week seven last session, then eight this one or something of that nature? Well, this session is... Then eight. So as of the end of last session, we had had we had gained fifteen experience. Does anyone have a total on current earned experience? Just so I can make sure I'm cut up. I am actually opening my camera. Have that up right now. Uh, do, 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 do. Characters. Uh, a hundred and seventeen. Cool. I am accurate. 117. What kind of number is that? It's a good number. That is a Gonzo number. 
I it think sure, that's a prime it sure number. Is. It's it's a yeah. number ish. It's number ish. It, it is a prime number. Whoa. <laughs> Uh, so anybody watching today, um, we're going to do a small recap. Which one of the people would like to do a small recap of what happened last session? Ooh, nobody does. <laughs> Ooh. I think Jackie should do it. Because oh my goodness. Oh, Jackie, I'll, I will give I you... I really do need to make up for my last recap. Uh, I, I, I will give you... Going on. I will give you two extra bonus points and XP if you do it all in character. <laughs> like a C-3PO retelling of, uh, like in Re uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got to remember my character's voice. Um, well, you, you want a minute? You want to take a breath? Hamana, hamana, hamana. <laughs> Do everything like that? <laughs> well, my new good friend, Mel... She has been very sad after the death of her old good friend. And my other new good friend, the nameless one, has been spending a lot of time in his room. Uh, we were very bored for a while. And then eventually, we got to go to space. We got to a uh, We were uh, intercepting somebody, uh, you know, the Sith and whatnot. We dropped some bombs, and we saw a big ship. Also, we uh, drove our ship really cool. We did a couple backspins. Uh, we did see an interesting Sith. I don't know if I would have known him or if anyone else would have recognized him. And that's all I remember. That was terrible again. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, somebody else catch us up. Denied bonus points. So I'll go ahead and take them off. Alright, y'all did fight a Sith uh, in a uh, star battle fight. Uh, went in your favor. Uh, what happened after that? Anybody know? Anybody remember? Uh, this one was piloting the ship when a large uh, planet-sized construct that I believe someone referred to as the Harbinger over comms. Uh, in fact, they, I believe, this one believes he remembers that it was, oh shit, it's the Harbinger, we're all dead. <laughs> uh, in response to that, and based on the fact that we were no longer being tailed by the Sith in a starfighter, that thankfully... Uh, the weapons emplacements were able to take out that were being skillfully mount manned by Gilbot. Uh, this one decided to punch it into hyperspace and get the uh, F out of there as my other more humanoid companions would uh, say. And that is where we left off. Correct. Uh, you may remember anything that happened to the rest of the fleet. A whole bunch of frigates. Yep. And a bunch of fighters. I mean, we basically for every inch of ground we made, it came at the cost of significant rebel lives. Correct. Y'all did lose a lot of uh, lives. Um, a lot of people died. Quite a few of the frigates y'all had uh, disappeared. And that's the best way to put it. Um, 
What else? Um, Chad survived. You don't know if Chad survived or not. Oh, I thought we saw him afterwards. We didn't see we anyone didn't. afterwards. We, we jumped to hyperspace and then it was cut to black. It was the <laughs> end of the <laughs> Oh, you guys, if anything happened to Chad... Chad, Chad, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be emotional that someone you cared about died because we've all been through that <laughs> twice, twice. <laughs> One came back though, so kind of, but like you know, filled with finality sort of way. Yeah, Turk did come back. He's a little worse for wear, but he did come back. Not as nice as he was before. No, definitely not as nice. Doesn't seem like he's got everything figured out anymore. What? It's not Chad. It's not not Turk. Turk's like awesome. Never you meet can... your heroes, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so, um, just so everybody know, uh, we are going to have a slight. Uh, Jackie, is your video okay? Because you went really pixelated. Must have been a video. Must oh, have been... really? Yeah, it probably was a connection setting. You're back good. Um, and Jackie's sporting the uh, O Princess Leia braids. That's Cinnabons on her head today. <laughs> it's a good look. I dig it. I, I dig it too. It looks cool. I, I've been I've been really busy today, so I didn't get a chance to do my braids. <laughs> Tim, if you do Princess Leia buns, I will give you bonus points. Well, we'll have to save that for a very special session. <laughs> I unfortunately can't braid my own hair, so <laughs> level up, man! Come on. We, we could all do Princess Leia buns, if we <laughs> except Gonzo. Gonzo can't do it. Nope, nope, I can't do it. I don't have long enough hair. That would be awesome if all three all showed up with Prince of Bun, Princess Buns. That would but. make me so hungry. <laughs> yeah. We'd have to eat cinnamon buns or something. I don't know. You have to send us all cinnamon rolls. Uh, you know what? War Machine Weekend. We all eat a cinnamon roll out of, uh, you know. Oh, yeah. I have an exam on that Thursday, so I won't be able to go. You can show up Friday or Saturday. Yeah, all the cool stuff happens on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the rest of my meta is leaving early, so. You can leave. Or there's a wheel, there's a way. Okay. I believe in you. I Millions wouldn't, but I do. <laughs> okay, so uh, tonight's session is going to be a little bit different than our normal session um, because uh, th we're going to do a little bit of recap and a little bit of story, uh, and then we are doing a time jump uh, because of what's going to happen at this. Uh, of course, the players have already been uh, set up and prepared, and I don't even know what they're going to be doing and saying per se because uh, it's going to be something of their own creation. Um... So I'm coming in blindsided, and I will have to impromptu roleplay whatever happens, um, and probably impromptu whatever goes on. Um, but we're gonna have a small bit of group, and we're gonna have a time jump of roughly three months. Uh, when we do uh, the jump of three months, uh, it'll be consi considered the end of episode one per se. Um, even though they have been dealt a mighty blow before, this one is very devastating. Uh, this is kind of their empire um, episode. Um, so, other than that, 
Uh, let's go ahead and get started. Yes, as soon as you, as someone says, oh shit, get the fuck out, um, y'all hit hyperspace. Uh, punch it in as best as you could. Um, where did you punch yourself out of, Gand? Or where did you punch into? I Away. Mm, so it's a random uh, destination? It's a random destination, I will be honest. Okay. Gand had no thought about where to go, just away. Okay, so just punched in the nearest... Hit, hit the nav computer, said nearest hyperspace jump, go. Yeah. Okay. Not here. Not here. <laughs> A.K.A. not dead. Anywhere yep. but here. Okay. Alright, you sit there and you punch it and you're into uh, hyperspace. And, of course, um, you all are pretty shaken, pretty uh, drained of energy, uh, sweat pouring off of you. Uh, the chatter is crazy right now over the... Uh, Way the, over the the comms, um, you actually hear quite a few screams, explosions. Um, you can hear people calling out, you know, you know, Rebel Seven, Rebel Six, you know, er, calling out all these numbers to call out uh, to come in, and you're hearing a bunch of nothing but destruction, screams. Panic voices coming over the comms. Uh, you hear at one point they're like Rebel Three, call in, and Rebel Three, it's like Rebel Three, and you just hear explosions in the background. You do hear Turk come over the radio, uh, over the comms, and he's like trying to coordinate, but everybody's cutting out over everybody. So it's a constant panic of voices over every bit of the system. Um, Jackie, are you who's typing? That was me. Okay. Oh, I'm trying to type my description. Sorry. Of what I've been doing. It's just all in my ear. Well, you see, you said the word recap, and I thought I better have this written down before I recap, or okay. I'll screw it up. Um, but pretty much for like. 30, 45 minutes, it's just nothing but people over-talking each other, explosions, uh, cries of pain and anguish happening over the comms, and that people are just completely hurting as they're listening to this. You can definitely Does tell. Does the system that we jumped into have an asteroid belt? No, it did not. Okay. Um... You eventually, it starts to calm down, and uh, you hear Turk come over the come over the comms, and he's like, "Okay, we need to stop. I need each rebel to call call in. I need the leader of each rebels rebels to call in." And you hear Rebel One, are you there? Rebel Wouldn't two, are you there? Me. Rebel three, are you there? Rebel four, are you there? Rebel five. 
We're here. Rebel 5 is here, just barely. We're, we're not going to last much longer. Our ship is badly damaged. Turk comes over. Copy. Rebel 6. Rebel 7. Are we Rebel 7? Rebel 8. Copy. If anybody can hear this, please call in. Turk, this is Frisky Business calling in. Frisky Business, where are you? Uh, <laughs> navigation. Make the check. Yep. <laughs> See if you can find out where you're at. <laughs> if we know where we're at. <laughs> Standard purples. Okay. While well, I try and find Master of uh, You hear a couple other people while you're figuring that out. A couple other people calling in. Uh, more of squadrons, but only one frigate command calling in. <laughs> Typical gand roll. <laughs> Uh, you're like, we're in this system, but you're not 100% sure which system you're in. Um, yeah. That's due to the quick and hasty um, mm -hmm. jump. Um, you do know what system you're in, but not what planet you're near. Mm -hmm. um, you do hear quite a few individual groupings call in, but not a large, only one frigate. And that's it. Do we know where Lottie was in this combat? Like what ship she was on? Y'all were six. She was on the frigate? Yes. That's pretty much all that you hear. You hear small... Yeah, like I says, like fighters and bombers and stuff like that but only one frigate calls in you hear Turk go sending your information rendezvous here you all hear you know some stuff come over the nav computer and uh, you recognize it as where you need to be your your own home base Plug in the uh, coordinates and head home. Okay. Uh, you plug in the coordinates, uh, hit hyperspace, head on out. It takes you roughly... It actually takes you a lot longer than normal because it seems like he's heading y'all in a long path to make sure no one's following, per se. Um, uh, different path that you've normally taken that you know of, different area different, you know, stars, everything. Uh, so it takes you roughly four days to get back. Wow. Much, much longer than normal. Um, very little chatter is coming up. 
Um, you can hear every once in a while someone comes in, they're checking in, or someone has come in and, you know, hey, uh, we found some escape pods, but really it seems like almost a complete devastation. That explains why they're able to take over so many planets so fast. That ship is terrifying. Yep. Um, so you go in. Uh, eventually you make it. You see um, other ships have kind of landed. Uh, when you come in from hyperspace, you actually see uh, the frigate in the air. Space. Uh, really badly damaged. Um, you can see smoke from it. You can see... Um, you can see that it's taken quite a bit of damage. Um, maybe it may or may not be able to make it <laughs> much longer, but on its like last leg. Uh, you can Got see it. people are, you know, shuttling off of it as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, you can hear that there's chatter on there saying, Hey, we're getting, getting rid of as many people as possible off of this ship getting him down to the planet safe and sound uh, just in case the thing blows up or whatever um, you get down land uh, frisky business and it is a madhouse of people everybody's moving in and moving around people are tending to wounded um, you name it and a lot of people you do not recognize. Mel uh, heads to the medical bay okay. uh, to offer her services as a like a field medic. Uh, you you get there and there are tons of people. Uh, it's actually they've actually started spilling out into where the fire pit is and going behind the building. She's uh, she's just gonna scrub up and start going where she's needed. Okay. Uh, if you want to give me a few, you know, medicine rolls or whatever to see if you, just to kind of see how triage is going, but they're, it's like the entire area is turned into, um, a triage area. It's actually going off into the town. Uh, you can see people running from the town inside to, uh, get a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Dr. Shar, medicine woman. <laughs> Um, and you get to work, uh, Max and, uh, I mean, Gand and, uh, Gil, what are you going to do? Gand's going to take the frisky business up and help ferry people. Okay. All right. The first thing I'm wondering is, uh, of the dead, do I recognize any of them or is it just so many bodies that... It's you, there. There seems to be a place where they're holding a morgue, and it's back behind your uh, large building where y'all were doing. Um, so if you want to wade through it all, you can. Yeah, that's definitely what she would do. Uh, being a little more impartial to death, I don't think she'd have much of an issue. Just kind of going around identifying, uh, putting a database, figuring out how many are possibly alive and how many are dead, what kind of total damages we're looking at here. Okay. Uh, she's also considering, is there a possibility uh, that some of our fleet simply got lost or has not made it back yet? Uh, it was pretty scattered. So if okay. someone lost communication. Okay. Uh, you, you can do that. You can start walking around, start taking a tally. 
uh, start turning yeah. it. I mean, you really don't, you don't know they're true. Okay, yeah. I figured she'll see, too. Maybe just talk around and ask people to see if, uh, if all of the ships have been identified. Like, with escape pods. If maybe there's some ships that are just totally missing. Okay. Might just be on their way or somewhere else. Okay. Uh, you can uh, you can go in and talk to uh, A7. Uh, you could possibly jump in and uh, connect up into uh, the terminals. Um, I mean, you are a droid, so you could just connect to the terminals and find go. out quick information. Yeah, that that's way. probably what she would do right away after probably looking through the bodies. Okay. Uh, and, and it's various things to, hey, this guy's, you know, just got some burns and bruises to arms, legs, missing, so on and so forth to a considerable size amount of people that have been shuffled behind as a morgue. Mm. If you notice, if you look in the back of our picture, you see the little area that's got an open, like if you look and you see the domed areas where on the right, that's where we normally stay back behind that. And to the right, there's like that little area that has like a square opening. That's kind of where everybody's taking all the deceased. Okay. Like flat area there. Okay. That and more. Um, you do this for probably about eight hours. Um, or more. Um, everybody's shuffling and moving stuff. Um, Gand, you're actually cannot drop any more people off at the uh, platform where you normally land that you've actually had to start shuffling and dropping people in around the different parts of the city and the other open areas because there's just too many. I'm starting to get the idea that like three quarters of the people returned were bodies or people that didn't survive whatever wounds they had. Um, they're expecting probably a 75% loss after you kind of look at the numbers and you've been jacked in the computer for a bit uh, that it, the devastation has come to about a 75% loss. That's, uh, that's really bad. Yeah, it's pretty it's more than decimated. Yeah. Um, eventually, uh, Turk uh, comes out from working around different places, and uh, he says, uh, "I need to see commanders." Um, he looks at A seven. Get who are the next commands in here? Um, find who they are. Bring them in. We need to start talking. Uh, he looks at you, uh, Gill, and says, "Go get the team." Yes, sir. Uh, before I go, have you seen Lottie? No, I have not. Mm. I hope to see her again soon. Uh, so she's going to go ahead and just turn around and leave. Uh, she's trying to figure out where she thinks anyone would be at. She knows that Mel is probably still tending to the bodies or the living people. So the first thing she's going to do is go straight to wherever the temporary holding place is okay. for injured people. All right. Okay, no problem. Uh, you eventually find her. She's busy, you know, working on people. Um, first, I want to assess the situation. She's not 
she's probably dealing with a person. Is it like life sustaining? You think? Like, no, you, you, is she you, like you, holding a blood clot in or something? <laughs> no, uh, this is pretty about been about eight plus hours, uh, so it's it's kind of winding down. Uh, people that have been coming off of the ship lately that uh, Gan has been bringing has just people getting off the ship just in case it explodes. Ooh. She'll gently approach Mel, knowing this is pretty pretty rough. She's probably very traumatized after seeing all these bodies. Uh, even though Gil doesn't totally understand that type of range of emotions. Uh, she's going to tap Mel gently and just stay quietly. I think it's time we go to a meeting. We've all been called. Mel kind of flinches at being touched, but calms down right away when she sees Gil. And um, stops what she's doing. She says, what meeting? I couldn't tell you what meeting, but I do know where. Uh, do you know of the Gil, or Gil, I'm Gil. Do you know of Gon's uh, location? Uh, last we spoke, he was burying and injured uh, from the shuttle. Probably is still doing so. Would you like to accompany there, or would you just like to go to the location of our meeting, and I will meet you there? No, I should go with you. Make sure everything's okay. all right. Good. Or, or okay. Uh, um, she looks over to whoever you were meeting to and says goodbye and walks away towards the location where all the, the dead bodies are at. Mm. Love being there. Uh, thanks for a moment about explaining that the person she was sending to is in a coma, but thinks better of it and follows. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess we walk around there. Okay. Uh, you can actually message and get Gond on there, no problem. So, I mean, you got communications back and forth, so it's not it, a big deal. It's just figuring out where he's going to land. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a problem. Uh, Gond suggests that considering their current uh, situation, that uh, this one be patched into the meeting. That way, we don't have to move any injured to find a landing space for the Frisky. Okay. That seems reasonable. We can communicate that message. Mel agrees, and uh, she heads toward the meeting, uh, bringing her communication device with her. Uh, it's like a long-range communication device, so it should serve for somebody in the atmosphere. Okay. Uh, you can communicate, no problem. It's not a big deal uh, to get everybody down or wherever you need to. Uh, it just takes you a little bit longer to get where you need to be. Okay. <clears throat> you do find another, you know, off the area from the city to come in mm -hmm. on. Uh, and, and there, it's, it seems like some people have already started doing that of <laughs> other shuttles. Given the course of events, it just seems prudent. Yeah. So it's not not unseen when you find and you come in late, you know, come down that you're already on a area that other people have uh, been on, per se. Uh, probably about forty five minutes later or so, um, you're taken to a, another part of town. 
and uh, another building because that's everything else is around that you used to be in part of is filled up with, of course, either injured, wounded, or dead, or you know other people trying to help those. Um, you see, uh, Turk and A seven in this large building, kind of almost like a warehouse. Uh, not even, not desks or chairs or anything. Uh, just an open warehouse. Um, he's kind of standing there just looking over data pads and other people starting to flood in. You see roughly, by the time everything kind of starts slowing down, maybe 50 people in there, give or take. Mel walks in, but she walks in kind of cautiously and stays near the back. Okay. Doesn't make any effort to make eye contact with uh, Turk or anyone up near the front. Okay. She's still feeling a little bit of resentment. Okay. Gand walks in, but Gand moves more towards the front. All right. I just walk right in fine. <laughs> John currently feels that he's the only remaining member of leadership of our group besides Turk. <laughs> okay. Um, you walk in. <clears throat> After a little bit, you know, have him and A7 talking a bit. Um, he kind of turns around. Kind of looks around and says, um, um, I don't know what to tell you guys. Um, the best we can tell is we've lost roughly 75% of our forces. Um, we're still having people coming in irregularly, but we're not sure of who, when, and where. Um, we're still getting numbers. We're still trying to figure it out. So our best bet right now in hopes that Everything goes okay. Um, I'm going to dismiss everybody. And I will give you information where we can get back. <clears throat> uh, you kind of feel that he's got a small change in his voice that he's trying to hold something back. Um, but I'm going to have to tell everyone to go hide. We're going to have to hide, and we're going to have to get together at another time. Right now, we're too wounded to do anything. We'll keep in contact as best as we can. We Our, our channels that we think and think of are secure. We're just very cautious. As soon as you can get off the planet, go hide, disperse, get out. This will be a safe place, but we need to make sure that everybody is out and about and out of here because I can tell that this place is going to be a haven for the wounded and sick and dead. If you can get out, go. Hide and wait for a signal from us. 
and we will try to do the, we will try to rebuild again but for now I'm sorry before the meetings even dismissed Mel just stands up from the back and walks out okay you see people kind of you know you can see that some people are not happy about this because they're grumbling and some people are trying to you know say no we should stay and all this stuff and it's just hands are up and just no um, there's a lot of infighting between people uh, a lot of discussions that you know you hear on the side of well we shouldn't have done this to begin with we should have waited and it's like no we should have we we should have been prepared more well, we've got to go and hide and make sure that this is you know and just back and forth constantly um, both sides of the argument um, weeping um, everything just seems like total chaos. Uh, There's an Sarge in Do what? There's an Sarge? No word from Sarge. He was with Lottie. Yeah. Well, 75% isn't great numbers if we want our friends to survive. Gand quietly walks up to Okay. Is there anything you would like this one to do while he's out? Survive. That's easy enough. Wait for our call. We're going to block and hide this place as quickly as we can. Try to remove it from everything that's out here so no one can find us so we can have another safe place when when we can get back. That makes sense, considering having all of us, all of the rebels in one place is probably not a good idea if uh, that thing comes around again. Correct. This one will head out... Uh, I don't know what Mel or Gil are doing for a ship if I take Frisky, so uh, I'll, I'll discuss with them on my way out. And I suggest you three separate for a bit because you are known to work as a team. That that was my intent. This one's in. Sorry. Being around humanoids has gotten me a little bit lax with personal pronouns. <laughs> um, and he walks off and him and A7 walk off and kind of chatter amongst themselves um, you do get a um, file within each one of y'all of a way to communicate uh, in sort of protocols of when you hear certain things of what to do code phrases things like that on data pads and terminals that you own Uh, you'll know what to do once to do it, but you'll have to just wait to hear them. Uh, some people are already automatically leaving off the planet. You already see some ships jumping. So Gilbots, uh, being so personable, uh, <laughs> upon hearing this, has already gone outside where there's groups of people, and she has begun discussing with the rebels 
Um, she goes around to several groups and decides to find the largest group that is leaving together and to leave with that particular caravan. Okay. Um, uh, you you find actually sure it's not very difficult. <laughs> no, um, there are people that are staying back, of course, taken to wounded and um, stuff like that. But there is a large group of people that are planning to hit a very largely populated planet and kind of melding in per se. That sounds perfect for her. She okay. goes to her uh, station where she stays and she acquires some basic things that she'll be needing for her trip, her batteries, uh, any type of weaponry, okay. any personal possessions that a droid would have. Okay. And you can leave. She's mm. catching the next flight out of here. Mel, Gand. Damn so finds Mel. Uh, well, Mel um, has been treating the wounded for the last 10 hours. And one of the fighter pilots who's piloting a small X-Wing-like craft, probably like a Z-95 or something, um, like a hyperspace-capable fighter, uh, died while she was tending to him. And she has the call sign information and the location of the vehicle. And she's headed to the Mechanics Bay to commandeer it. Well, well, oh. probably catches her at the Mechanics Bay. Yep. Mel, do you need transport off this world? I think I'll make my own way. I don't know what to do about this. Someone has to figure something out, and frankly, I don't have a lot of confidence in Turk anymore. He's not the master I thought he was. This one has a plan, but unfortunately, this one's plan is not something that Jedi traditionally have been fond of. Black markets are usually not the Jedi's uh, desire to have. I'll be honest, everything Jedi is black market now. Everything that was once precious to us is underground. The way of the Sentinel, like Mimak, is much more compelling and appealing in the sort of resistance life we're forced to live than the traditions I ever followed. Do what you will. I, my disapproval has no place in your plan. This one figured out. He just wanted you to know that he intends to take the uh, risky business somewhere uh, off-world. Probably stash it on an asteroid. And meet up with uh, one of, meet up with one of my unsavory friends who while late in his warning uh, would have warned us ahead of time about the Harbinger. I hope that I see you again alive, my friend. You've been a a good ally, and we've seen some things together. I hope I hope we both make it out the other side of this alive. But as we both know, not everyone does. 
you on the other side of the war. Mel uh, puts on a flight helmet and jumps in her newly commandeered Z95 <laughs> and inputs the astrogation coordinates of the place she's going to jump. Uh, far, far away. Indeed. <laughs> okay. Um, <coughs> Y'all disappear. Um, it is now each one of you turn you to give you have like I says guys if everybody's listened this is definitely <coughs> sorry um, they'll get three months of whatever they want um, and it is a chance for them to role play and give some input of their future their differences and so on and so forth um, so I want everyone to roll a d100 Ooh. Okay. <laughs> and Gilbot, you get to go first. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Lois has to go first and tell her story. Um, Guilt, go through your story, give as much detail as you like, as much information that you can. Um, if you need anything from me, let me know. Um, there is no communication with anybody else of your team. Uh, if you need to contact Rebels, let me know. Other than that, it is all on you. It is your turn. Well, Gilbot left promptly. In fact, she didn't say bye to anybody. She just left. Um, <laughs> she said hello a lot to all the people on her ship. Uh, it was a pretty decently sized amount of people. There was uh, about 20, which doesn't sound like a large group, but after they were all wiped out, 20 was probably the largest group she was going to find leaving at once. Uh, they went to a city planet. The planet, she doesn't really know what planet it is. She really didn't care, and they didn't have a very good landing. In fact, a lot of their ship was damaged. She chose to live on the ship in the time while they went and did their lives and did whatever they wanted during that time period. Uh, Gilbot became a bit of the me mechanic while she was there. The ship was so damaged, they were going to have to get another ship to get back anyway, and she began slowly siphoning parts out of it. A um, couple things. She rewired some things, uh, but they didn't <laughs> need the toaster, so they were okay with that. Uh, she spent a lot of time in her small quarters creating, um, well, she took some wires, some circuits, some metal, some Borg, and she, uh, created a small droid, just a little fat meatball droid. She has decided to name it Gilboy. It doesn't do anything but monitor. It's just a screen with a basic, uh, signal. It can communicate. It has a very basic vocabulary. Doesn't really do anything yet, but she has good uh, plans of the future for Gilboy. She watched the humans a while, and she saw that they like to get pregnant and reproduce. So she decided it was time for her to reproduce herself. Okay. The people on the ship are all young. They seemed like they were probably pilots, things of that nature. Um, so... They were able-bodied, and she decided to also create in the some fields a bit of a wrestling ring. 
everyone there has been working out and fighting each other, dressing up in costumes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so she was doing that for a while and just raising Gilboy. <laughs> she loves Gilboy, she thinks. <laughs> While she was there, she did read through those documents quite thoroughly. Um, I don't know what they said. But really, that was about it for three months. She didn't take four pages of notes. <laughs> so, during your three months, you built your own son. You decided to do a lot of human watching. And... Okay. Found a wrestling federation of people. <laughs> yes, she did. Uh, costumes are mandatory. Okay. Uh, during one of your months of working on Gilboy, you do hear a knock on your door. Oh, my. She peeps through the peephole. I'm sure there's one drill in the door somewhere at this point. Oh, yeah. Open the door. Is it humanoid? It is human. Alright, she opens it widely. Hello? What's your name? What is your name? I'm asking the questions here. I've seen you around town a bit. Who is your master? My master is away, but he will return shortly. I'm Milmot. Milmot? Yes, what can I do for you today? Who is your owner? My owner is away, but he will return shortly. I am instructed to not give his identity to anybody unless they have a secret word. You know the secret word? Secret word, and you see him grab his clip, and he looks like he unbuttons his uh, the, the, hat, the, the, the latch on his uh, blaster pistol and starts pulling it up. The secret <laughs> word is... <laughs> you put your hands up uh, she says you must forgive me I have a lock on my chip and I'm unable to communicate to you I have been restrained but what Ooh, can I do for you a persuasion roll then <laughs> yes it is <laughs> let me just put my thing here like my uh, character sheet's been acting goofy since I updated it oh we can't it's not the time Sorry. Persuasion. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yes. Open the door. She uh, flings the door open widely. You open the door. He pulls his blaster. And he's like, you're coming with me. You don't have a master. I'm going to take you over. And he sits there and you can see he's like tightening his hand up. Give me a cool check. Ooh. I'm shaking.
You got the success, so you can go first. What do you do? <laughs> um, uh, she goes, well, I would love to take a walk with you, but I must return at a certain hour. Um, she decides to go with the person. Okay. You sit there, he takes the piss, he takes his blaster, and he's like, no. You're not going with me. You're going down. And he pulls the trigger. Oh my gosh, he's shooting at me? <laughs> no! Uh, do you have to roll your shoot before I can respond? Yes. That's the reason why I gave you a chance to do your initiative. <laughs> Poor, sweet, naive Gilbot. He hits. <laughs> Simple shot. You take seven damage. So, of course, all comes into effect. It is your turn again, Gilbot. What do you do? As all of a sudden, you hear these beeps and whistles go off and uh, screen flashes from uh, Gilboy. <laughs> He's like yeah. circling around, making a bunch of noise. Oh, no. <laughs> Her, her imitated motherly instincts kick in, and now she has to defend the boy with her life. Um, <laughs> she has uh, mighty brass knuckles installed and will be meleeing with this guy. Uh, so she just uh, she, she puts her hand on her wound, which isn't bleeding anyway, and she extends her ridiculously long arm up towards his jaw. Go for it. All those months training is about to pay off. <laughs> Tim doesn't look very convinced. <laughs> well, you do get two. What's going to happen with that? Um, she gives him a one-two punch. She brings one up and then she brings the other one up. <laughs> you punch him. Uh, what is your uh, damage with that? Let's find out. Damage equal to brawn, probably. Yeah, plus probably some uh, bonuses for brass nickel. Yeah, damage two. Plus brawn. Yeah, plus brawn, so it's four. Okay. You smash him over the face. He stumbles back and drops his gun. Uh, he uses his initiative and everything to pick it up and move backwards out of the door as you hit him. All of a sudden, you see Gilboy run up and run up and ram up against his leg. And he takes the gun and starts pointing it towards Gilboy. You got initiative. He had to spend that to get her all back. Okay. Oh, man. Um, she's going to... I have a blaster. I wonder if I would have kept it on my person. Is that illogical? Uh, you did say at one point you had hidden compartments, so I don't have a problem okay. with that. That's not yeah, a good deal. Um, you flip over one them. of our, you know, random force points. <laughs> the ones you rolled for at the beginning? Yes, oh, which we didn't because we don't need it. Okay. Yeah, yeah we didn't roll, did we? No, nah, I, I wasn't worried about it. Sure, this is light gunnery. 
light gunnery. Let me find it first, then I'll tell you. Oh, it's just gunnery. Yeah. There was heavy light weapons. You sure you want me to review uh, review the system with you? She pulls at her blaster and shoots at him really cool sideways because that's how the uh, Jedi's were training in the in the wrestling ring. <laughs> okay. Uh, damage. What do you guys think of the damage is? Uh, I believe it should be six. Assuming it's a blaster pistol. Yeah, it is a blaster pistol. Okay. There you have it, Gonzo. You go up and you shoot and pull the trigger and it blows a hole in his chest and he falls back. You see, you oh. see Gilboy still ramming. Now he's ramming on the foot and ankle area. <laughs> the guy's not moving. Uh, she gets out really low and grabs Gilboy with one hand and the body with her other and just pulls them in and locks the door behind her with them. So now they're both in her quarters. Okay. What are you going to do with a body? <laughs> she doesn't know yet. Okay. <laughs> Um, she's going to take a few moments to compose Gilboy and tuck him in. Okay. Make she... for Gilboy? What'd you say? Make new body for Gilboy? <laughs> I know, I'm immensely regretting creating Gilboy because now I have a fear of his for his life constantly. <laughs> is this the burden you females have to go upon in your life? This is horrible. I can't believe you reproduce. Um, she puts Gilboy away. Uh, she probably plugs him in, and then okay. she begins to uh, look at the body. She examines it. Is it hu It's it's a human. It is a human. <laughs> she starts searching them all over. She has no uh, no problems with bodies. Does she find um, anything on this person that may be identifying? You find a credit person? stick, uh, clothes. Um, you find uh, a small data pad. Uh, nothing out of the ordinary. Can you hack into that pad to figure out maybe if he's I don't know. working for somebody? Why don't you try? I think she's going to try. You got anything that can do that? Oh, for being a droid, she's surprisingly bad at computers. Um, <laughs> she's bad at computer, right? Computer check, I suppose. Yep. Okay. You go in, and it kind of opens up for a bit, and uh, you kind of get in, and all of a sudden, you're like, look around, oh, this is so-and-so, and then all of a sudden, you can tell that the data pad is shorting itself out, because it's recognized that it's been illegally uh, broken into, uh, but you get it's just, just some random dude, nothing out of the ordinary. Mm, just a random man. Uh, she... Stuffs the body uh, in one of her chests and decides to go out to figure out if there's any evidence of where he came from. Uh, no, you don't get much information besides that, of uh, just his name. All right, she stuffs his body in her uh, her like wardrobe because she has no idea what else to do it, and she decides to try to find one of her rebel allies that are in the inlying area. Okay. See if anything is caught to them or maybe warn them. 
We're going to put a hold. Uh, then I believe it is Max. All right. Tim, you don't look very enthused. I saw that scrunch face. <laughs> anxious. There's, uh... Anxious? No, I mean, anxious about the, the tension. So. Give me one second. He's anxious for Gilboy, let's be honest. Who is it now? Okay, go ahead. It's an emotional investment. It's a problem. All right, go ahead. Sorry to turn the fan off. It's been cold. So, Gand. Uh, the first thing Gand does is he goes and finds a remote system with an asteroid belt. Okay. So hide the ship. All right. He marks down the ship's location in a data pad, puts that on his person, so that way he can be sure that he remembers where he parked it. Okay. Uh, then contacts the individual who sent him the warning, who happens to be a Feline smuggler. Okay. And the Feline smuggler uh, sort of bills himself as gentleman pirate and uh, free business entrepreneur. And goes by and was named for a, a long-dead ancestor who used to be a pretty important Feline noble around the time of the Galactic Empire. Can you do that? Okay. So he uh, named Shizor. And his ship is a Hawk 1000. Okay. Uh, it is named the Prince. Uh, and essentially calls him up and instead of taking the frisky business around uh, hitches a ride. And Gand uh, says, well, what's the best place in the universe to hide if you're a Gand? <laughs> the planet Gand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's an obvious one. In orbit. And Gand, before the Sith invasion, had a whole bunch of orbital no uh, stations. All of those are gone. Any domes that were used on the planet's surface for outworlders, gone. But other than that, there isn't much in the way of a detectable Sith presence. Which is strange. So, Gand and Shizor land the prince on Gand, on some remote area. Uh, Shizor, obviously, since he can't breathe there, decides to stay on the ship. And Gand goes out in search for his mentor, uh, a Feinsman master named Quarrel. And it takes him about a week to a week and a half to find Quarrel. But uh, he does... And Quarrel explains that instead of landing on the planet, the Sith decided that the Gand weren't even worth bothering with because they don't really make good slaves since they can't breathe elsewhere. So yeah. instead of just wiping out the planet, they just blow up all of the ability for the Gand to get off-world, 
and imprison them there. Okay. They're on design. Uh, and Quarrel explains that while he would be perfectly willing to help in any way he could, the Feinsmen as a whole have, instead of being more practical like him, gone a more spiritual route during their imprisonment. And really are not of any help to anyone right now. Suggesting that Gand go and search elsewhere. Gand trains with Quirrell for a few days and then rejoins Shizor on the Prince where Gand comes up with what he thinks is a brilliant idea. <laughs> Oppressive governments breed corruption. And currently, corruption has a power vacuum. Because during the time of the Republic and the New Jedi Order, all of the major criminal organizations died out on their own. Because there wasn't any need for them. Now, once again, there is a need. And no one is going to follow a Feline pirate and a Gand semi-finesman as the leaders of some great criminal organization. So they need to find one of the last surviving members of a species that, at the time of the Sith invasion, was almost wiped out when their planet and its one major moon were, for lack of a better word, annihilated. They're going to search for one of the last huts. Because even though during the time of the Republic and the New Jedi Order, they, have gone, they had gone straight, Legends of their criminal activities and greed remain. A hut could be a symbol. So, they go to what would have been hut space. And they hunt around for weeks. Making up the rest of their time, essentially during that three months, all but a week, hunting, before they get a strange signal. They've chased down all kinds of leads and found no one. The remaining huts who went to ground went to ground really well. But this strange signal comes through in Hutess, and the individual sending it refers to themselves as the informant. And they go to what was the original Hut homeworld, which has long since become a dead planet with no atmosphere. Uh, but they are able to find one dome, if you will, which has power. They go there and they find, surprisingly, that the informant is a hut. 
And the hut is named, if I can find my note, name. How are you? There we are. Owen Vosadi said Dross. Uh, of formerly Hutti's Star Yards and Computers. Uh, and he was interested by their proposition, and nothing in what remained of Hut's face really avoids his eyes from his uh, panoptic uh, bunker that he's living in right now. Explaining that the few remaining Huts besides him ran to wild space, if not the unknown regions, to hide from Sith. Uh, to quote him, were punks cowering uh, in the corner somewhere. Uh, and he, he, he's amenable to their, their offer to form some kind of syndicate. Except he requires that he have controlling interest. He gets 50% of the profits, and as the public face gets to choose the areas that they are specializing in at any given time. Shizor and Gand find this fairly amenable. They have a droid write up a airtight contract binding them, and they form what they want to call the Three Moons Syndicate. Nice. And at about that time, Gand receives one of these messages that he's been looking for, or listening for, and that means that it is time to go and reclaim the risky business from wherever it's been sitting. And head back. So that's my three months. Okay. Give me one second. It's pretty cool. I like the three moons. That's a nice touch. Mm -hmm. I have a symbol in everything. Nice. It, it's it's a circle which is half white, half navy, and on the navy side there is a black crescent. When you get the you get the call to head mm -hmm. back. Um, and of course it's in an encrypted coded. You're sitting there and you're hearing it. Um, but you hear something strange. There's an off dialect to it. Like, instead of saying, you know, the dog has jumped over the moon, it's like the dog has leapt over the moon. Mm. Not a hundred percent correct on the language. That's not right. That's not right at all. No, it's not. Gond would probably, considering that this is fishy, and his primary objective given by, uh, by Turk was to stay alive, uh, wait for 
further confirmation because he knows that if it actually is the code, they'll send it again. Okay. Um, so at this point, what are you going to do? This point, he's going to go back. He's going to have uh, Shizor take him back to Gond. Might as well train some more while he's waiting for the code in actual. Okay. You do that and head back to Gond. Um, we'll cut right there. Mel, what are you doing for your three months? If it's all right with everybody, I kind of want to do this in, in journal style. Is that okay? That's cool. That's fine. I'm going to be cutting in and out because I haven't eaten all day because we don't get breaks at teaching right now. And so I'm trying okay. to eat while we're doing this. I'm starving. Go, so, go ahead, man. Go right ahead. If you need me to interject, let me know. Okay. Um, day one, exile. I decided to keep a journal about this time because it's a time for introspection. I still don't trust Turk. I want to trust Turk. I don't believe what he's doing or why he sent us abroad, but I know he's got a purpose and a reason, and I know he's on the side of the rebellion. The faith that I once placed in him as a plucky young mechanic looking for someone to guide me is gone. But the vision that Mimek gave me of a different kind of Jedi, a different kind of way to train or to understand, has led me to this planet. Uh, A-10 is largely untouched by the Sith, largely untouched by civilization at all. Uh, it's my first day here and looking to explore. I'll write more later. Day three in exile. First, trying to find the food and the necessary things to survive. Uh, somehow, Mimak has followed me here, and his guidance and assistance has been cryptic, often sarcastic, but I think ultimately useful. One of the things he's taught me is that keeping a sense of humor about things is important. I miss Frizz, obviously, and even Gand, in a certain way, has kept my humors up. It's tempting to go to a very dark place in terms of mood, but being able to laugh and being able to explore this strangely beautiful planet has helped me a lot. Day 12 in exile. I'm sorry I haven't been staying on top of writing. The last week has been incredible. Uh, not only have I managed to put together some things from the mechanics shop, uh, just a few bits and pieces to tinker with, but I found my creativity returning. I, I keep thinking about that, that terrible specter, the harbinger as they described it, a giant ship blocking out everything we could see, like a terrifying city of ranged destruction. And remembering the worlds that we visited, the people dying, people destroyed and ended, and thinking what I could possibly do to stand in defense of them. Uh, I think back to the relics the Turk had us going to find, and I, I seem to... I think a part of my, my exile on this planet that Mimek showed me in the vision is not without purpose. I remembered only yesterday about something he wrote but this being once upon a time a place where Jedi would go to look for crystals. I'm sure they've all been destroyed. I mean, the Empire spent a long time removing all of the reserves of crystal worlds that existed, but I'm going to do some more exploration, and I'm going to continue to tinker in my shop. It's been something that's kept me sane, and who knows when the call, if ever, will come to rejoin the Rebellion. 
in exile day 13. I didn't expect explorations to be as fruitful as quickly, but there's a really impressive network of caves beneath the surface of the planet Atan, and there's something there calling to me. I don't know what it is yet. Uh, I just wanted to get get word of it down and documented quickly before I lose my mind thinking about it. That's that's all for today. That's enough. Exile day fourteen. Well, there's a lot of caves. And there are crystal formations. Nothing approximating the kyber crystals they talked about before, but certainly there's a lot of power there. I, I, I've gone deeper and deeper in my explorations the last couple of hours. And if I were not a chiss and were not capable of seeing underground by a people raised underground, I don't think I would have had the resolve to continue. But curiosity has gotten the better of me. And I'm spending less time in the mechanics shop and more time in these caves recently. I don't know what it is or what it means. Exile, day 17. How do I even express this? I, I have been tested in a way that I didn't even know existed anymore. There were Jedi on this planet, and they even had temples here. This once upon a time was a place where they raised... Crystals, they, they grow in these strange formations surrounded by magma. The, the Etan crystals are, are like none that I've ever seen before. Not that my experience with lightsabers is significant or anything beyond academic most of the time, but they grow here in a way that feels more like a fungus or a, I don't even know how to put words on it. It's not anything mechanical and it doesn't remind me of any of the life sciences that i've experienced but the crystal formations are incredible more, more on the test that i described uh i entered a, an enormous room with a a pool of cool liquid water in the center of it this is remarkable in itself because um these caves are mostly magma formed uh, all of the rock is igneous uh, it, it's it, it's incredible to see water settle there. And the first thing I looked for was what crack or what surface it could have accumulated from. But after some investigation, it, I have to believe that it it was brought here somehow and was in exactly the temperature conditions necessary to neither freeze nor to evaporate, which is unusual in itself. Exploring this water, I felt the form of Mimak, the, the ghost, standing nearby. I asked him, as I have every time he's appeared, if he has a lesson for me, something he wished to teach me about the Force, or some wisdom he could impart, and he just laughed, as he's known to do sometimes. Told me to go for a swim, check out the water. Which I did, reluctantly. Uh, removing my robes and what clothes I wore, I swam in the somewhat brackish water. Diving deeper into it, I, I saw crystals, like the formations I'd seen before but smaller, brighter, more brilliant. And one of them in particular called to me in a way that I couldn't imagine. I believe it was a test of faith. I don't think this water was here by accident. I don't think I was asked to look for this place or called to this planet by accident. I've taken the crystal, I've returned it back to the mechanics shop, and I've started experimenting with different dilation fuses, seeing if there's something that I can do that can help me work with it. I, once upon a time, many thousands of years ago, 
there would have been an architect or a Jedi master or someone to teach me what to do with this. Namak is a pleasant companion to have around, but the ways of the Force are mysterious and his presence here is fleeting at best. I'll leave another entry once I've figured out how to turn this crystal into a functioning lightsaber. Exile, day 37. I promised I'd leave a journal entry once I figured out how to turn this crystal into a lightsaber, and it took me a long time, but I have. I, I don't know what to say. It's incredible. I don't know how the Sith can wield the same weapons as the Jedi and not walk away with a sense of reverence. The imparting of oneself into the blade that's created here is... It's, it's fulfilling and it's completing in a way that uh, feels unusual for a weapon of war. I truly understand the compromise Jedi are forced to take as protectors. This notion that they wield such great violence and they must wield it with such great compassion is a constant walk and challenge to be in that light. I've also... I've started to regret what I said earlier about Turk. Uh, it's got to be so hard to be both rebellion leader and trauma survivor the way that he is. There's no room in that place to be a Jedi master. Not, not to me, not to be the tutor that I'm looking for. And the fact that he manages to exist in that space at all and hold the lives of so many in his hands, see their loss and their suffering. I, I don't know if I could hold it together as well as he does. Although these days have been humbling to me. I I wish I'd shown more compassion to him. That's that's it for today. I I have forms to practice. For the first time, I want to study the blade again, to to see it used and to experience this again. Feeling closer to my craft than I have before. Both the craft of invention and, and creation. I feel the, the study I've spent as a mechanic and the academic understanding of the use of the lightsaber are finally coming together. This is, this is what it means to find one's place in the world. Enough for today. Day 41. I've started to experiment with some other things. Uh, I, I didn't actually realize I'd done this. But I brought with me the, uh, the robes that we found on the, the ship, the ones that belonged to that old Jedi. And I felt unusual wearing them a few times, but I have started to use them as the template for reconstructing the old uh, battle armor that was worn by the Jedis during the, the Clone Wars so long ago. The, there's something, I think, about the performative aspect of being on the battlefield, wearing robes, being being durable and being that, that sort of spokesperson for good that we need to bring back into this fight. I don't simply want to defeat the Sith and free their slaves. I want to do so while bringing hope to the people around me, to, to inspire, to let them believe. And I want, to, I want to feel that belief myself, and I think this is a start. I'll sketch out the designs and, and share if I have any major breakthroughs, but for the time being, I'm, I'm crafting for the joy of crafting. And I continue to practice the forms as I had before. I feel at peace here. And frankly, I dread the moment where I'm called back to the resistance. Where my early days here were 
twiddling my thumbs and feeling a sense of regret. Now I feel a sense of purpose and a sense of comfortable solitude. I worry for my friends, but I do not fear for them, which is new. Day 48. The robe armor is coming together well. Uh, I've made a few minor modifications to the lightsaber, uh, customized the hilt, and uh, put together a power cell that actually resembles the one I used for my training saber, uh, which used to always uh, overpower and wasn't able to diffuse. But moving through the uh, ATM crystal, it, it functions the way that it's supposed to. It's nice to believe that one's mechanical expertise has never been in question. Still, there's a place for humility among all of this. Speaking of humility, for the first time, I believe my intellect is not up to the task. There's some puzzles that I'm reminded of in the, the works that, that Turk had, the, the places he talked, places of power, places of significance that housed Jedi relics. I almost regret giving him back the books. If I see him again, the first thing I'll do is apologize. And the second thing is to ask to look over his writings again. I don't know how that experience is going to go, and I wouldn't blame him for hating me, but hopefully hate is not the Jedi way, and he can find it in his heart to forgive. I miss my companions dearly, even the strange Gilbot character, who somehow did cheer me up a little bit. I hope Gand is all right. That's enough for today. Day 55. This planet has become something of a second home to me. I feel the urgent need to communicate my thoughts every day slipping away from me. Simply meditating in the morning, finding myself at peace with the planet, listening to the hum of the crystals and their resonance. It took me a while to discover this, but the lightsaber I've crafted too does hum, in tune with the resonance of the planet. So while hard to hear here, I imagine it would be quite remarkable on another place. I've done some minor repairs to the ship. I'm learning a little bit about piloting. It's, uh, it's been a right place to be. I still haven't left the planet, and I hope that the moment that I do is the moment that I can return to the call. Day 60. I've been at this planet for two months in exile. I've stopped calling it exile and simply started calling it home. The mech still comes to me, still talks to me of the traditions, Talks to me of the world of a shadow Jedi and the spy networks he was involved in. It sounds like a daring caper from days gone by, even though I still imagine it's as recent as what we've experienced not too long ago. He comes less. And I think we both know that a lot, much of what he was expected to do here is done. I feel whole again and ready to take the fight to them. I spoke a little while ago about not having the mind necessary to solve this puzzle anymore. And it got me to thinking. Uh, I started working on some cybernetics, uh, thinking about Gilbot, thinking about augmentation, thinking a little bit, too, about uh, transformation in general. Obviously, it's something that I've gone through and feel more complete because of. And I hope to work on some kind of an augmentation for my own mental abilities. Um, cybernetics aren't, aren't easy, but I'm, of my own admission, both a capable surgeon and an incredible mechanic. So I've started uh, chipping away at some possibilities. 
while the idea of doing literal brain surgery on oneself is a bit intimidating, I have confidence. <laughs> Day 70 in exile. Perhaps confidence was misplaced. <laughs> I have recovered from the minor injuries sustained while attempting brain surgery on myself. Um, saying that out loud makes it sound more problematic than I'd originally imagined. Um, cybernetics are challenging, and uh, no one shirks from a challenge. And perhaps I wasn't ready to attempt the implantation. Uh, no permanent damage has been done, although I've lost a fair chunk of my hair. I'm intending, once it starts to grow back, to perhaps try a shorter cut. Although I will miss the flowing locks. We'll check in more later. Day 79 on the planet Utan, home. I have not spoken with Mech for some time. Initially, I thought I'd scared him off, but I think he's just a part of the world now and at some peace. Uh, work on the cybernetics has been promising. Uh, there are, it turns out, life forms on this planet. Not many, but a few. And I managed to tame a small pet, uh, a scaled and furred creature, behaves somewhat amphibiously, but I've chosen to name Elizabeth. She is curmudgeonly at best uh, and difficult to train. But I installed a small augmentative brain implantation in her with success, I might add. And she has become both easier to train and better at outsmarting me. Which is a success story of sorts. Uh, we'll report back more later. Uh, I do hope it does not kill her. She has been a pleasant companion. Day 83 on the planet U10. Uh, my experience with Elizabeth has been positive. She has increased the settings on the augmentative brain implantation significantly. Uh, recently, I was able to teach her a rudimentary system of communication. She's able to handle small signs, communicate her needs fairly clearly, and has elevated this communication. If logos and communication is the true measure of intelligence, I think I've taken a swimming, hunting, vermine creature to levels of basic interaction on an interspecies level. Uh, it feels now cruel to remove the brain augmentation, so I've worked on waterproofing it. We'll report back more later. Day 88, only 10. Success of the initial brain implantation has given me a desire to work on the same for myself. I will attempt to install one if it's successful. I hope not only to have permanent access to a comlink with waterproofing, technological impressiveness that I have displayed so far on my planet, but also perhaps to make fewer of these small mistakes and errors by synchronizing my thoughts with the world around me. That's approximately the end of the journaling. Approximately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, at some point she gets the call there. That's about 90 days. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Um, 
about that time, yes, you have not heard from Mimic for a while. Um, he has disappeared roughly after uh, all your augmentations have started working uh, that you did. Um, you do get a code, but also, same thing, it is off by one word. Does it being off by one word have any kind of coded significance to us? Have we heard any reports that this would mean something different? No, but it is off by one word. Like I said, it's a leap, jump, you know, it's off by a bit. Okay. Um, Bella's going to respond to the code, uh, and she's also going to leave her message deliberately off by one word. See if okay. there's any kind of response to that. Okay. Um, let's go back to, to Gil. Gil, you find actually one of your rebel friends and they're like, you did what? First, I want to point out that that notebook entry was awesome. Yeah. You could just spend that for the rest of the session. I would just listen. (laughs) So, yes, I did. The body is hanging out with my child. You may you, be in danger as well. You have a child? Yes, would you did like you to you steal see? a child, too? No, no, I did not steal this child. This child loves me through consent. Uh, she is not of flesh. It's, I have not given it a gender yet. Maybe you could decide the gender of my child if you would like to see. Holy crap. Has anything unusual occurred to any of you? What are you going to do with this body? I don't know. What would you do with a body? Get rid of it. And that is what I will. I will put it in the trash compactor tonight. I'm sure there's one in in a neighborhood nearby. Oh, my God. Did I mention he tried to shoot me with a gun? Which I have. Get rid of it. (laughs) She, like, uh, throws it really, really far. Holy crap. Why did you have to come on this planet with me? You invited me. We had so much fun. I did not invite you. No, no, no. Do you know when we are to return? Did you get any messages? Are you uh, are you informed how the other, uh, you know, people we shouldn't name here in public are doing? No, we haven't heard anything. Mm. You're just going to have to wait. Go get rid of that body. Okay. I will. But please, we should all meet up somewhere because we may all be in danger. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. (laughs) Killbot just turns around (laughs) and leaves. Uh, She decides that she should 
not go straight back to her dwelling. Uh, she, she goes the roundabout to an alley and just looks at the front door of her building for a while to see if any activity occurs near it. Okay. You got to scope it out. Uh, you don't seem to notice anything happening. You scope it out for a decent amount of time. Nothing happens. Um, the plant she's on, there's probably no Sith presence, I would assume. There's no guards. It's probably relatively safe just to be wandering about as a droid. Uh, there is a Sith presence, but it's kind of, you know, you're not too worried about it. They're not, like, hovering over everybody. Okay. She will very, uh, nonchalantly, as not suspiciously as possible, like she didn't just kill somebody, enter her house. <laughs> Locked door. Okay. Um, when she gets inside, she immediately makes sure the body is still dead. Yes, the body is still dead. Oh, uh, it's still dead. Um, oh, man. She doesn't know what to do in this situation. She might cut it up into many pieces. <laughs> um, or she might not. Uh, she decides there's a hard spot to be in, especially as a droid. They're not exactly uh, you know, highly respected in these parts. The place that she's uh, this makeshift home she's made out of the, uh, the ship that was kind of semi-damaged from the landing. Um, it has multiple exits. So she decides to uh, take the body out of the back exits to the nearest trash compactor or disposal site that she can think of. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you do that, no problem. Um, <clears throat> you're pretty cautious doing it, you know, doing it at the right time. Uh, pack it up and throw it in this disposal area. After you do that, um, the few days later, the rebel guy that you have been hanging out with, uh, or that you'd contacted, uh, he messaged you and says, uh, we've got a message, but it's one word off. Instead of jump, it's left. Hmm. She searches, uh, her storage and she does not recall any Jedi ever using that type of pronunciation. Uh, she's going to take a, like a perception check to see if maybe she can see if this is a, a translation from a different language or an alien language perhaps that's not normally related to Jedi. Um, I do want to confirm though that is the exact wording that they said. You are not paraphrasing, correct? Correct. So yeah, she is going to take a perception check, see if it is just a human Freudian slip, or if it is maybe another language or alien speaking. Uh, neither. That is definitely the language that they said. Hmm. And this message gives her coordinates of a place to go? No. like that it doesn't make sense to her that they would speak that way but who is she to judge um she decides to gather the other group of rebels together because it seems like they'll be departing soon uh, you get um, that group together that is still of course on this planet and um they've of course i raised met at a 
you know, an area away. And people are like, I'm not going. It's not the right message. Does anybody have a way of accessing Turk? Did he leave anyone the ability to call him? Does anyone know his location? Uh, yeah. Perhaps we should call him. Okay. All right. Um, she acquires that information from the nearest rebel, and she decides to call Turk. All right. You send out a coded message. Um, at this time, nothing comes back immediately. Just nothing at all? Nothing at all. Not yet. There's not really many other people to access besides Kirk. Uh, A7 is probably with him, so A7, a separate call to him, really wouldn't be relevant. Um, well, I decide that we should all take a vote. Who wants to listen to the code and who does not? Um, she begins to tally up Jedi opinions to see what the outlying opinion is. Whether they should listen to the message or if they should ignore it or investigate farther. Uh, you see that over half of them say they're not going to respond. They're not going to. Um, she begins to question all of the rebels that are with her to see if anyone else has had any uh, life-threatening experiences or suspicious behavior has occurred on them. None. Well, maybe we should leave. We should probably get on a small ship and perhaps go to a small planet. It's not like our locations won't be entirely unknown to him. Um, she decides to also take that time to examine their folder of documents to see if there was any backup plans or separate locations that maybe they would have wanted them to go to if the first one was compromised. Okay. Uh, nothing comes about. Nothing is really said. They thought they were just supposed to come back to you know your your typical your your standard hideout. Mm. A few days later, you do get a message from Turk with the correct coded message. Oh, he finally gets back to us. Uh, what does he say in that message? It's the same uh, thing, but the correct uh, verbs and everything that needs to be on on point. She gathers her comrades and makes sure they all feel comfortable with the second message, which I think that they would. Okay. And decides to gather her things quickly and follow the instructions for the next step. Okay. Um, <clears throat> same applies to both of you. Uh, you do get the correct message uh, a few days later. I get the correct message. I will have uh, Shizor drop me off at my ship. Okay. And then uh, power up the frisky business and uh, do several uh, disguise jumps to cover my jump back to the base. Okay. Yeah, your your standard sneaky sneaky. Yep. Okay. Uh, Mel, what are you gonna do? Once Mel gets the correct message, she's going to get in her uh, Z95 and she's going to pack up the small lab she's put together, leave no trace of her presence on E10, uh, collect all of her things carefully, and she's going to 
take a couple of different jumps to see if she's got a tail of any kind or if anyone will be following her or tracing her location. And once she's pretty confident that she's not being followed, she'll head back to the planet. Okay. Yeah. Alright. <clears throat> Same thing goes for uh, you, um, uh, Gil, that uh, eventually you do get you know, everybody, the people are like, yes, we'll go and go. Um, she puts Gilboy in her front compartment and heads for the road. Okay. She has very little possessions behind. Um, she leaves the bloody wardrobe behind. It's full that you said the body. She figured it's uh, not appropriate <laughs> to take that. Okay. You do. No problem. Um, everybody takes the... Uh, appropriate measures to make sure they're not followed or you know anything of that nature uh and you get back to the planet uh you all pretty much roughly arrive at the same time in the atmosphere um <coughs> sorry um everybody lands but it's very few of you right now uh you notice that it is your ships and that's it right th today And nothing else. Um, you land. Um, something's not right. Something doesn't feel right as soon as you step out. Uh, perception from everybody. Investigation, if you have that. I have to remind myself what skills are. <laughs> I'm a clear. Don't roll you just yet. Okay, go ahead and roll. See if I can see my skills. Because <laughs> I'm trying to print a new PDF of my uh, your sheet. Character. Yeah, we'll need to, we'll need to do uh, char character updates anyway, so um, that's not a big deal. I will pull up my old PDF because I know I didn't change any of my skills from that 15 points that I got. So it's gonna take. A Um, you all see this, it's eerily, eerily quiet, like deadly quiet. And, uh, Gil, you don't notice this, uh, Gand and Mel, you look around and you see scorch marks, burn marks. You see holes in the wall. Familiar scorch marks and burn marks? Yes. And then you hear this loud screech. Everybody make a fear test. Uh, is that cool? 
<laughs> like a mel- not again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, we got this. <laughs> this way, we didn't see the guns roll yet. Yeah, we always see guns. <laughs> mel has returned a more confident Jedi. <laughs> oh, everybody got it. Wow. You sit there and you hear it. You're kind of used to it. You're kind of still shaking as you hear this noise. And all of a sudden, you see A7 walk out of where you, you normally are, be, are at with a blaster rifle. And you see this Sith come leaping down off of the column with this dual-bladed lightsaber, red and glowing, and scorching up the ground and he's walking. And he's like, you still aren't ready. And pulls off his hood and it's Turk underneath it. It is the exact same costume, the exact same armor, the exact same stuff. You see A7 with a blaster. It's all aimed at you and Turk takes takes the dual-sided saber, breaks it apart and says... I don't care if you're ready or not. You're going to die today. And this is where we're going to hold because I'm going to give you experience so you can be prepared for this. Tim, what's wrong with your face? (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't anticipate that particular twist. (laughs) I spent a bunch of time working on character reconciliation and I was feeling maybe a little betrayed again. Just (laughs) just that. Maybe maybe her plan isn't to apologize anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A little background GM story. Um, Of course, Turk is a character of mine at one point and actually went to the dark side, so I figured I'd work this in there. Um, I had planned for Turk to be killed, and I put that in quotation marks, to be used by the Sith and trained by the Sith to infiltrate infiltrate the Rebellion. I feel so betrayed. So he is there. Um, The armor looks complete. Everything looks exactly like the Sith that's been chasing you ever since. Wow. It's all piecing together. (laughs) Yeah. What are you thinking? Tell me what your thoughts and theories are. I, I mean, it connects a lot of dots, right? I mean, we were all like, why did he let us go? And why did he... Uh, yeah, and, well, and why also... Why is still letting us go? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's there's definitely some mysteries there. Um, I mean, in the first place, he found us. We must have... And, and sent us on this, this mission. So, I mean, how, how far back does this go? Like, was he captured and tortured and turned? Or has this always been him? I don't know, Ed, Ed, that's, that's the mystery. That's a good point, because he was captured. I think I think we all thought he was dead for at least four sessions. So maybe yeah. in that time frame, or maybe he just always was. <gasps> that means he killed Frizz? Yeah, it sure <laughs> does. <laughs> and then got mad at us about it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, I, I secretly thought that it was going to turn out to be Turk who killed Frizz. But that was when I wasn't sure if 
Frizz was actually dead. It was like, oh, this is a test. We failed. Frizz isn't actually dead. No, Frizz is totally dead. So, so that blew that out the window. Frizz has a terrible, or she had a terrible judgment of character. <laughs> she really liked him. <laughs> this is not a safe place for Gilboy. Uh, yeah, and as soon as he comes it's out, Gilboy a- hides behind you and shivers. Uh, <laughs> so, just some clarity. Uh, when we walked into the situation, was A7 pointing the blaster to the Sith? Which ended up being Turk, like he was defending himself, or was he like pointing it towards us? Towards y'all. Okay, so it seems like A Seven was not startled by this, like as we are. He was not duly surprised. He was in on it the whole time. No. I, I hope the <laughs> chef robot's okay. <laughs> uh, also taken off from the place. Um, and I'm going to let you, um, since we are away for uh, roughly three months, uh, you are going to get experience, of course, for being away for three months. Uh, and I wanted to add this part in before I gave you the XP. So if you wanted to tweak or kind of, you know, give yourself a little small little update, uh, Tim, I know that you needed to make some mechanical rolls. Um, you want to go ahead and make those mechanical rolls and say what you wanted to do before this happens. Uh, this all of this XP and all of this uh, mechanics and all that stuff happened before you got here. I just wanted to add that story element because I've been holding it and hiding it since before we were playing. <laughs> and so I will, I've been dying to show it off. Been dying for I, I tried to figure out when the perfect time would be, and I figured this would be the perfect time. You said, yeah, on our, was this our, did you say this was our 10th session? Uh, this is our 11th session. This is our 11th session. So if you think about it, we've been playing this for roughly 22 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, just keep track of what it, if you get any extra bonuses from your um, uh, difficulties and all that stuff, uh, Mel. Uh, so... Um, I'm going to let you, of course, you're going to get to upgrade all your characters and all your stuff that you need to, uh, before you get here. Um, Turk has been, um, a Sith in hiding ever since he, you'll find out, (laughs) (laughs) but he has been the same Sith. That has been following you and around and hunting you down. Whoa, Tim, that roll. Yep, uh, this should be fine. Yeah, you got no problem on it. Uh, if you get any extra bonuses, just go ahead and apply it like you need to. You just felt a pinch. <laughs> you just felt a pinch. Your leg twitched for a second. You guys had such productive months. <laughs> I mean, I suppose I was productive. I produced. You literally produced like a being. I'll just your own droid. Gand met two other people who thought crazy thoughts like him and determined that, hey, we we don't need a whole bunch of followers to call ourselves a syndicate. (laughs) Uh, I did have a question for you on that. Uh, Actually, the chat had a a question for you on that. Um, 
Uh, is this the Prince Xenor of Black Sun? That would be the descendant of Prince Shizor of Black Sun, yes. Okay. Uh, Banyan had, I was monitoring the chat while we were doing because uh, Banyan was like, he's driving and listening to the uh, live show. And he goes, is that Prince uh, of Black Sun? And I, I said, I believe he's using the NPC for his story, uh, even though this is a far away, you know, time. And that, he was kind of curious. A, a descendant. Okay. And stuff. Um, does anybody have any questions? Yeah, for one, why? Um, but I don't think you're really into that for us. Why what? Why is Turk Sith? <laughs> because it makes for great storytelling. <laughs> I did enjoy Tim's face. We came back and it was normal. Tim's face was like. <laughs> Tim's face is still like, damn it, Gonzo. Um, yeah, I'm having a good time, but Mel is traumatized. <laughs> um, so, yes, uh, the Sith that has been following you around and terrorizing you and using his abilities on you was Turk. Um, you can put two and two together. How was the rebellion destroyed? Who was in charge? For the most part. What's terrible is they probably enslaved or caused great harm to the people we left behind, all the injured people. They're probably dead. Yeah, I don't know what how good of slaves they would have made. Like missing limbs and whatnot. Um, that was the reason behind giving you the coded message a little bit off. Uh, and then y'all said you wanted to contact him. He went, oh, crap. Uh, I need to use the right code then. <sighs> and then you got sent the right code. And it was depending on who you contacted, whether the right code was going to be given or not. Oh, I bet you the first code was like an ambush or something. <laughs> Um, so that that's kind of all that really mattered on that. Um, your XP. Um, let's go with 28. We did really good, guys. Oh. I really like that. That was a lot of fun. Uh, some good storytelling, some good information. Um, when you're done using your XP, let me know. And I will check to see if we really need to add a little bit more. You know, kind of give a little bit. You know, because it may or may not be where I want y'all to be at the story right now. Um, which is not that it's not that big of a deal. Um, Would you prefer that we use the beginning of our next session and discuss it during a like during our? I want you to use it. Um, I want you to use it. Uh, but if it's going to be like a little bit off or whatever, let me know because uh, I I don't want you to feel cheated. But I don't want you to go. Well, crap, Gonzo, forty was way too much. I just look at Turk and he explodes into a ball of pus. You know, type thing. <laughs> No, yeah, no, I, I think I, any of us are going to be causing explosions no. into balls of us. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying. I, yeah, I, I, I want y'all to be, I want you to have grown, but I don't want it to be Monty Hall growing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, also, um, what else? Uh, I can't remember. There was something else I was going to say. Um, you do have some other people there. Uh, so I will work on those NPCs for you to help you out. 
Um, A7, of course, is definitely not on your side. Uh, it is Turk. Um, dressed in Sith armor. Um, Turk the jerk. <laughs> <laughs> um, make sure you update your character sheet so I can see what's going on and send them to me. Uh, oh, I remember, um, we are having to take a break. When We cannot do next Wednesday, am I correct with that, Max? No, uh, and we had talked about moving to Tuesday and then recording it and playing it on Wednesday. Yeah, I think we may just do an offline record and just show it up. Yeah. That way uh, I could do it. Because uh, our, our sessions are roughly two hours, which are okay. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have a problem with that. I'll probably just maybe switch Twitch. Um Maybe I'll just switch Twitch to a Tuesday night instead of a Wednesday night. That way we can just mm -hmm. stream it live and do it there. Um, I want to take one week off, though, because I want you all to be able to build and kind of look and go over things. Mm -hmm. uh, so we'll take next week off. How are you after that, Tim? Are you WTC? Um, let's look at the calendar. I, I can't so, remember what the dates were. We take next week off. Uh, then... So that's the 29th. I'm in Nova anyway. And then the 5th, I'm here uh, and available. The 12th, I'm in Poland. And then the 19th, I'm back again. Okay, so the 5th week in play, or the week of the 5th, I should say, right? Sorry, yeah. the, the 4th, I guess. Yeah, 4th, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you're off, then you have to go out of, to WTC. Mm -hmm. And then we'll get back sometime. Uh, this, okay, so the 19th. So it'll be every other week. That'll be good. That'll give us some time and give y'all uh, a little time to work on your character sheets and kind of, and that way you can ask some more questions and I can look at it and decide how it needs to be done. Yeah, my, that being being a week in between it during the semester is probably good because my significant other would really like to see me at some point. During <laughs> the week. And y'all have Nova, which uh, you two, Jackie and Tim, are gonna be playing together at Nova, right? Team mm. tournament? Yeah. Yeah. I got such I have good, good team names. I'm so excited to share them with you. Oh nice. really? <laughs> you picked the team names? Yeah, we well, I figured we vote. I'll give you guys one. This is one idea. Okay. okay. Iron Blingdoms. I like it. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm into it. I like it. Solid. Solid. <laughs> That's pretty good. So Do you uh are on Tuesday, whenever we transition to Tuesdays then, probably around the fourth, um, are we gonna be doing the same time? Is that pretty consensual amongst everybody? Yeah. Okay. I think so. No one said anything different. Um okay, no, anybody's listening, we just gotta change it because Max is um uh of course working and so he's got a lab that he has to do uh for his students, so we've just gotta move it. Um does anybody have anybody that they might want to bring into it since we're moving to Tuesdays? If any of our oh, listeners I consider that, I will have to think about that. Um, because I think we could add a player um, into this. I wouldn't have a problem with it. It would be kind of fun to add a, a fourth to the party after this uh, justified beatdown. I mean, uh, fight with Turk. <laughs> <laughs> I will think about it and talk to some people. Yeah, if anybody knows anybody that uh, is interested, let me know. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Um, I see you can kill them. Well, I've only killed one person. Jeez. <laughs> one player. 
I'm starting to lose hope on Chad. Chad might be dead. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure everyone's dead but us at this point. <laughs> there will be more of that to come. You'll have to wait and see. Um... I hope everybody liked this. Uh, if you're listening, guys, if you're watching on uh, Twitch or Facebook, of course, you can find all this stuff on our uh, RSS feed uh, and find out who's doing what. If you want, start back from the very beginning. The story has been really great. Uh, like I said, we are now 22 hours of gameplay into this session. Can you believe that, guys? doesn't feel like it at all. No, it really doesn't since we're doing it like oh. every, you know, couple of hours, you know, two hours at a time. Mm-hmm. It's enough story to make it good, but not so much that it drowns out. Um, yeah. So, other than that, um, if you like us, follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitch, so you know what we're going to do. Um, and if you're one of our Twitch listeners uh, and watching us on our Sunday podcast, we have a major announcement. Watch on Facebook. I will be posting about it shortly. Um, other than that, guys, I appreciate it. Good night, Twitch. Good night, mm-hmm. Facebook. Do we know about the major announcement? Did we miss something? No. You'll have to 